At age 15, Peter was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And what that presented him would be a lifelong journey to physical and spiritual health. Wanting to take his life time after time, his challenges led him to winning over 50 bodybuilding titles, including Mr. International Universe and Mr. America. Peter is the creator and host of the syndicated TV and radio show, Peter's Principles. He has authored six books, including his latest release, Soul Strength, and he's the national spokesman for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America. I got a chance to meet Peter at the Fit Expo, where we were both working with a brand called Zervita that makes protein and collagen products and really, really great quality nutrient supplements. And we had a chance to chat in person and our conversation was so powerful in front of that live audience that I knew I had to invite him on to my podcast so that all of you could experience it too. And I think what you'll find is that transformation in Peter's body and in his life really is all about resilience and that you have to be your own advocate to truth and finding your way in the world of health. Peter is a true champion in heart, spirit, and body, and his personal triumphs, I think, will inspire you to no end. So let's dig in. Hi, I'm Chef Maria, the Fit Foodie, and this is Recipes for Your Best Life, where we dish about all things related to food, health, and wellness to nourish you from the inside out. I love hosting special guests who are experts in their field. And we also get to talk about topics that are important for your well being. You'll always get lots of food for thought you can really sink your teeth into. So pull up a chair and welcome to the Chef's Table. Peter, it's so nice to have you on the show. It's nice to be here with you. I was so thrilled to meet you at the Fit Expo this year. And um, I just love your story and your journey. Can you just share with everyone, how did you get started in the world of fitness and wellness to begin with? You know, so many people that I meet in my life, some of the best successful people have had the the worst lowlights mm. of their lives. And I think part of the journey is turning that around. So I was born with an incurable condition called Crohn's disease. It's got no cure for it um, as of right now. And um, it's like having the stomach flu 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Um, so it's tried to take me out twice. So um, I I was brought up uh, in Brooklyn, New York, and um, I ended up getting sick at, say, the age of 15. And my but it's something thought, you were born with, Peter? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a condition you're born with, usually. It's a condition you're born with on a cellular genetic level. Okay. Um, there's, no, there's no cure for it, so it didn't show its face. It usually shows its face. Um, in the prime of a teenager's life, you know, you're just mm. starting to feel comfortable in your own skin. And, you know, you may be thinking about dabbling into dating and, mm. and getting into sports. Um, so it happened when I was 15. And um, I went into the hospital for a battery of tests at 135 pounds. And I stayed in there for two and a half months and it just got worse and worse. I ended up coming out of the hospital um, at 86 pounds. Wow. And they took um, a foot and a half of my ileum, my small intestines. That's where you absorb all your nutrients. And that was where my fitness journey started because I first was on a pity party. Mm. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners and viewers could relate to that. It's like, you know, that why me syndrome. And we waste a lot of energy on getting mad and telling the world that we're not happy until I realized that a lot of my friends didn't want to play with me anymore. <laughs> and people didn't want to hear my stuff over and over again. So I decided that I really wanted to 
better myself and nutrition was a huge part of it. Um, so I started to document and journal what I started to eat. And I realized I had a lactose intolerance to dairy products. I realized that certain foods made me feel like I was being unplugged by my battery. Mm. Other foods made me feel like a dynamo. Mm. So I, I knew I was on to something. And, and then I started to work out. And when you're 86 pounds and you're eating good, all the foods start and you work out, they start turning into these little bumps called muscles. And I loved it. I, I, I was hooked that I was feeling good, had more quality in my life. And I knew there was more. But during that time, my, my mom and my dad, my dad started to drink because a lot of times we medicate ourselves with things that we can't control, yeah. things that we're unhappy about. So my dad turned into this raging alcoholic, and I saw him really just starting to destroy our family. And, um, you know, when you love someone with all your heart, and then they start hitting you or putting you in the hospital or trying to literally, he tried to kill my mom, and I had to go against him. And in doing so, um, they got out to call the police, and, and he put a telephone cord around her neck. And then broke my collarbone in three places and gave me six stitches over my eye. So I say all that because, again, that was part of my spiritual journey because I wanted to take my life. I thought the enemy got in my ear. I thought that it was my fault mm. that my dad started drinking. If I wasn't born with this terrible condition that has no cure, they mm. would be fighting. Yeah. My mom would cook for me special. My dad got aggravated because. He didn't want to eat, you know, bland chicken or, you know, certain things. So it was it was a rough childhood. But that's where my fitness and my spiritual journey started. Mm. So really out of that turmoil and, you know, you're right. I think a lot of people who have kind of come along this path have had something that, you know, has kind of sparked what their why looks like. Um, how did you start to really identify, you mentioned kind of, um, you know, certain foods would, would work for you and certain foods didn't, were there any resources at the time to understand how you should eat with Crohn's disease or yeah. was it more really experimentation? And it was more at the time experimenting. And like I said, food will, food will affect you negative we are positively within 20 minutes to 36 hours. <laughs> and whether it's Grand Marnier or Perrier, whether it's an ice cream or whether it's, you know, a piece of salmon, you're either going to get lit up or you're truly going to start declining. And I found that out and I really knew I was onto something. So, you know, there wasn't I didn't have iPhones in those days, so I went to the library and I tried to just learn a lot about Crohn's. And um, Crohn's was actually um, discovered by Dr. Crohn's. And then I became the national spokesperson for Crohn's and colitis of America. It used to be called the Crohn's and um, um, the National Foundation of Ileitis and Colitis. Hmm. So I've been um, the spokesperson person since 1985. Hmm. And um, we've identified the gene. Um, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars have been brought into that. My hope is when I take my last breath that no one has to suffer because I visited hospitals, children 10 and 12 that have had 60, 70 surgeries and, and didn't live past the age of, you know, 12 or 13. Wow. So, it's so, the, real, the, severi so the severity, the severity of it can really um, vast. vary. It's very vast where Crohn's affects, and I could say this in front of your, your, your listeners, it affects from your esophagus to your anus where colitis affects just in your large colon. Okay. So I could eat something and I'll get geographical tongue and and then my my autoimmune system, because it's an autoimmune condition, will run amok. So my body doesn't recognize that food. It could be a pineapple. 
it, it could be a, you know, it could be kiwi, it could be a piece of vegetable. Um, and what ends up happening is then my body tries to reject it either this way or yeah. you know, you end up living in the bathroom. I started bleeding internally. And then when your body then basically starts um, producing uh, ulcers on the inside, if you do that too many times, it ulcerates, it heals, it ulcerates, it heals scar tissue, scar tissue, scar, scar tissue, tissue, and starts and then, to close up. Right. And, th and that's what happened in 2001 at 2.14 in the morning, my second near-death experience where I was gone. I was gone. And they put the fibulators on me. I flatlined. And I was in a coma for four days. I went into septic shock, a hole perforated in my ileum, right in front of my two daughters. And, and I always say this, when you're dying, you know it. Life mm -hmm. is being sucked out of you, mm. like, like ways that I can't even articulate. Mm. And I, I saw the fear of my daughters. And I remember telling their mother at the time, get them out of the room, because I knew that I was going. And I couldn't hold my consciousness. And the last thing I heard on March 7th, 2001, 2.14 in the morning was screaming as they were crashing me through the uh, ER doors. We're losing them. We're losing them. And here, literally, you know, a week prior, I was in San Francisco doing a centerfold for Men's Health magazine, and I was on a book tour. So the disease will take anybody out of the prime mm. of their life. There's something on the inside that wants to destroy you. And you can look like the picture of health. So it mentally gives you a mind screw as well. Because if you look healthy, but you have something on the inside, and think about it, you and I, we talk about it 60 to 70% and how we look and how we how we feel has to do with what we put in our mouth. Yeah. I was scared on what I was eating. And then after I was eating, I was more worried about looking for a bathroom because food would just go through me. So it was a really rough childhood, but God is good. Nothing's wasted in God's economy. Yeah. So when people tell me, man, you know, what do you do for a living? I, I think back, I lived a very hopeless childhood, and now I'm in the hope business. <laughs> mm, I love that. I love that. Well, you know, your your road to your own kind of self-healing, literally, you know, spiritually and also physically led you into a very fruitful, <laughs> unintended <laughs> career in the fitness and wellness industry. Can you share, um, let's just kind of fast forward through, you know, this this time where you were trying to figure out what was going on as a teenager to when you really started to hit your stride in fitness. Um, you went on to win over 50 bodybuilding championships. Yep. I um the interesting thing. It's only a piece of metal. Yeah. But that's a good one, that's a good looking guy right there. Yeah, did they did they model a, that after you? American Cup, and this is the overall winner. Um, the beautiful thing is that when you believe, when you have faith, when you continue to walk forward, when you speak life into yourself, when you champion your own life, anything is possible. So when the doctors told me I wouldn't be able to live past 20 and they were talking to me in front of my parents, that was rocket fuel to me. Mm. You know, those were fighting words. How dare you? You bleed the same color as me. You put your pants on the same way I do. You may have an education, but so do I. And I am not going to lay down and die. Mm. So, you know, I ended up winning 50 bodybuilding titles. But what it taught me was whether I wanted to be the best husband, whether I wanted to be in the best shape of my life, whether I wanted to um, pursue an entrepreneurial career, that I didn't care what anyone thought. Because the dreams that we have, God burns in your heart. He mm. has a due date. Yeah. And a lot of times we give up before that due date. Yeah. And all I can say is that my life is more than I can ever imagine. One of my favorite scriptures is Joel 2.25. I will give you back the time 
that the locusts have taken. Mm. And he has resurrected every area of my life. My yeah. life hasn't been always wonderful, but my adult life is just a slice of heaven on earth. Truly, mm. because I love that. You know, I don't even relate. It's hard, and I say this with humility. It's hard for me to relate to people that aren't doing what they love or living with purpose. Mm. It's like if you are passionate about something, I don't care if your spouse is telling you, your parents, your coworkers. Mm. <laughs> the bigger you dream, the more crazy you're going to look to your friends or your people. But if they're going to be dimming your light, so to speak, you need to find new people. <laughs> and so I've always been a loner, but I try to align myself with people that um, are smarter than me, that are, you know, are driven or that have been through a storm and they're at a place where they have humility and gratitude. Gratitude is amazing. There's no way in this world that you can be grateful of something, whether it's a sunrise, a marriage, or health, and at the same time, your brain can feel anxiety, depression, anger, hostility. It's impossible. It's an oxymoron. So what I challenge everyone is tomorrow morning when you get up for 15 minutes before you take your dog out, before you put your your you know TV on, your music on, is truly just thank God above whatever your faith is on what you have, not what you want, the roof over your I was going to say, don't wait for tomorrow, do it today, right? <laughs> We're never right. guaranteed tomorrow. It's, it's but, pretty, it's not that complicated. Like, yeah. We make life way too complicated because I believe that what I have, everyone has access to. Everything that we need, God puts right in front of us. But he just is waiting for that mustard seed of faith before he's going to start moving mountains. Uh, and a lot of times when so he doesn't move mountains, it's because we're waiting for him to change the situation. And he's waiting for us to change our heart. Yeah. And definitely. those are the beautiful lessons, you know. So I don't think that I'm smarter than anyone. I just think that I have huge faith huge love for life and when god puts something in your heart whether it's a marriage or whether it's reconciliation or whether it's healing from a disease you got to believe it and you got to mm -hmm. speak it because what we focus on this morning is how we live out this afternoon and maria what we speak today we're prophesizing good or bad tomorrow so if someone says you know, I'm not going to lose weight and I can't deal with these recipes and, and the gym, it's too crowded and it's too hot out and I'm not going to stop smoking. Well, you're going to be addicted to nicotine, you're going to be fat and you're going to be miserable. <laughs> so it's it's so much, we, we have such control and access to our future and we're always waiting for someone to do something for us. No one's going to eat for you. No one's going to train for you. It's mm -hmm. just not going to happen. It's true. And I think, you know, there was a life or death moment for you where you basically took inventory and decided, I am going to go down the path of getting healthier. What led you into bodybuilding specifically? Because, you know, bodybuilding is a very intensive sport. It requires a lot of looking in the mirror to evaluate how you're moving along. Yep. And it requires an incredible discipline when it comes to your diet, maybe more than any other sport. Um, how did you find yourself in bodybuilding specifically? Very, very interesting. Uh, great question. And um, my thought process on that is I really don't have hardly any bodybuilding friends. But I use bodybuilding as a vehicle to get me healthy. And what I mean is, is that when I was on a baseball team and if I struck out six times, my team could still win. And if we had a bunch of watches and we had 10 people, you're going to basically, 
you're going to judge which person's watch is the nicest and the most expensive. Bodybuilding, you are emotionally, spiritually, and you're wearing very little clothes. You know, mm-hmm. we were in Speedos, so to speak, and they're judging you on your symmetry, on your vibe, on the way you pose and put things together. So for people that have physical challenges that are listening right now, I don't know about you, but I felt like a pink polka dotted leprechaun having Crohn's disease. We didn't know how to spell it, didn't know what it was, and then was given like a death sentence. And I was just like, whoa. Mm. So I wanted to be the best version of myself. And I first just thought, let me do this so that I could fit in and I could get healthy. So, so you didn't have any friends that were doing it. How did you, how did you find I picked it? Up like, a magazine. I was going to say, did you pick up a magazine? Did you see an ad? Did you? Magazine and Arnold Schwarzenegger had, he had this, this, this curl little gizmo that goes around and he's got a strap and he's just like bulging out. And I was just going through it at my first cousin's in Long Island. Mm. Um, and I was just looking at it when I was sick and I was just inspired that someone could develop that. And I was looking at what he ate and I was like, well, I'm already journaling this and I'm starting to get definition. Mm. And I said, let me go into my first bodybuilding show. So after about two years, I went into a bodybuilding show in Pennsylvania. I came in dead last. (laughs) And then my second show, I came in fifth. And then I said, I'm going to take no prisoners. That fifth place trophy I buried with my father, who died at 49 years young from from drinking and smoking. Mm. And then um, from there on in, you know, I won first place. And I say it with, again, humility in every show because I knew how to dial it in nutritionally. I wasn't mm. very, you know, I, I stand about 5'10 and a half, 5'11 and sopping wet at every show. I'm 193 and a quarter. So I would win the light heavyweight and then have to go against the big guys. Well, the big guys, the reason why Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, and a bunch of others are very well known is they're tall. And they're like over 260, 70 pounds. Well, if if I'm chiseled and I'm cross-striated and I dial in nutritionally, nine times out of 10, that bigger person is going to have a harder time dialing in and getting ripped. Mm. So my trademark was always to come in, you know, highly defined. And I would be the, the David taking on the Goliath and I would just know if I came and dialed in, I was going to win. And so I, I ask this to everybody that is a competitor because, you know, we all know and every it's not a secret what we're supposed to be eating, right? When we're training. It's not really a secret. I mean, you can have your little tricks with training, but by and large, people lift weights and they do their cardio and it's like, you know, science. but the thing that is different is the mindset and being able to visualize yourself winning, to go on a stage and not be intimidated, to be in your lane and just to have that confidence. And you can see it being exuded from certain people. They have a certain joy when they're on stage, right? They, they have a certain joy when they're competing. You can see it um, whether it's bodybuilding or playing tennis or, you know, anything, any sport, how did you tap into that? Was there like a process that you would go through leading up to a show where, you know, you would start to visualize yourself winning and then, you know, being at the, like, walk us through kind of what that looked like for you. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know. Because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. 
That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes, and it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab tested, and it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. So there's no chemicals, it's just clean eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body where it's gonna do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out eatcleaner.com or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. Interesting story. I ended up winning the Mr. America. I won the Mr. America five times, the Mr. International Universe twice. Um, First time going for the Mr. America, uh, the Rocky movies were out. And mm. um, and I wanted to eye of the tiger, and I related to that song, and I was always kidding around saying he's an actor, but I'm the person who's putting the Sunday comic strips paper around my socks because I had holes in my kids, and when I would run and do my my road work, my feet would be wet. So I come from a very poor family in Brooklyn, New York. Never knew I was poor until I left New York. But the most powerful thing anybody could change is their mind. And I wanted so bad to get out of the dysfunctional vomit Mm. of child abuse, Mm. of alcoholism, of screaming, of cops coming to the house that I used working out as an outlet, a positive outlet. And then I felt that I was able to embody that because I believed it. Mm. So I wouldn't date, you know, for 12 weeks before I trained. I never would drink alcohol. I've never smoked, you know, any, you know, cigarettes in my life. So it was all or nothing. I'm either, I'm the kind of guy, I'm either all in or I get out. Mm. So there was such significance. There was such, I just felt like it was part of my destiny that this was part of my, my life song was to do this, you know, and the interesting thing, and I'll share this with your listeners is that all my health clubs were called eye of the tiger. And I ended up going to a patent attorney and I trademarked I had the Tiger in my first lawsuit with, with Sylvester Stallone because his brother basically wrote the song I had the Tiger with Survivor. Mm. And the beautiful thing is, is that um, we have such admiration for each other because, you know, I didn't do it purposely, but that song meant so much to me that it just was rocket fuel because it says, don't ever trade your passion for the glory. Mm, mm. And when someone does things for the money, it's short-lived. When someone does things that's so purpose-driven that you want to break out of the bondage or generational curses or whatever, or get healthy from Crohn's or cancer, it's a beautiful thing. And and I don't think that the destination that so many people want is what number one, our creator cares about or what really matters. What really matters is when we're in the valley, when we're going through the storm, how do we react to it? Do we crumble and fall? My sister lived in the same, you know, two bedroom apartment and she became, unfortunately, and I love her. She became the victim so she rereads and rewrites that same character in her life over and over again. 
Yeah. And there's other people then that will surrender. And I believe God will either walk you through that storm or fire or catapult you over it. And those are the people that I admire the most. I can't even relate to people that haven't been through stuff in their life because I appreciate people that have been through storms and then still shine and yeah. smile. <laughs> I and you know, I think when you when you really look at it, everybody has been through something. It's what they take with it. And now at this point in your career, you know, you you've been able to take what you've accomplished in the health and wellness world, right? And what what does that translate into? I mean, your why is maybe adjusted a little bit, but maybe not so much. The core is like you want to be able to show up to help other people. Yeah. What keeps you motivated every day to just, you know, kind of bring, I mean, you're now how old? I'm 61. You're 61. You're in amazing shape still. I saw you in person. I was like, dang, he's still ripped. Um, what what does it look like today to show up for yeah. yourself and your family, you know, still knowing what is important, but having accomplished so much, like what keeps you fired up still? It's a great question. I think everyone needs to reevaluate their why every every now and then, every few years. I've always, I knew I had a calling on my life at 15. I didn't realize that God was going to give me the nations where my TV show has been in 110 countries and it's way bigger than me. And um, I went through- Did you share the name of your show for everybody? Uh, Peter's Principles. Yep. And um, the beautiful thing is, is that, you know, when God gives you a promise, um, I went through a terrible divorce for 19 years. I was single and um, I just gave God the permission. You got to give him that permission um, to pick my bride. And um, I just was married uh, this last um, July 16th. And my point is, is that I could have settled and I could have got jaded and desensitized. And this could be with anything in your life. But the beautiful thing is that God is the promise keeper and there was a due date and he needed to work on my heart. I need to go, needed to go through healing and relinquish that emotional debt with my dad and all that stuff decades yeah. ago. But I'm living again a life where I feel like I'm, I'm living a second life. And my why is that not only do, do I want to touch as many people and spread the good news, but I also want to encourage people to dream again because mm. here I am 61 years old and I feel like this this chapter that I'm walking into is the best chapter of my whole life because mm. I have someone that I love more than the oxygen I breathe I'm we have so many commonalities we have this threesome with with Christ mm. and we I want God to use us as best as he can. See, I believe that God will bless you, but it's not to build our kingdom. It's to build his kingdom. Mm. And I've had, like you said, an amazing life. And I've had, I've been pretty full of my, to be a professional athlete, win 50 bodybuilding titles, you sometimes think and get caught up that the world does revolve around you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then you have children and it sucks you dry where you truly realize the selfishness is gone and yes. it's about them. That so is the biggest gift of children, place. by the way. What's that? They take, I think the biggest gift of oh, absolutely. being a parent is absolutely. that it takes the focus off of yourself. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It, it's like you could hear it like, like a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Selfishness coming out of you. So here I am, a grandfather times two two married daughters, and now I have a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old in this house, and I have this amazing opportunity to be a spiritual leader and influence and to do it all over again. But the difference is, when I was raising my two children, I was worried about building my fitness empire. Mm -hmm. And now, 
I want to spend as much time with my family. Yeah. And I want to truly travel the world and just love, you mm-hmm. know, because at the end of the day, regardless of what your belief is, I believe with all my heart, at the end of the day, it's about loving and being loved, you know. So I'm really having a great time. As you know, I partnered uh, with a really significant, wonderful Christian company called Zervita. Uh, 10 years ago. It's a supplement company, a wellness company. And I'm having just a blast with them traveling and, you know, and doing stuff like we've done together, talking about on how people could get healthy. Yeah. Eating and nutrition. So it's, it's pretty cool. Servita, let's talk about Zervita for a second, because I um, had the opportunity to become really exposed to their products for the first time too. And, you know, a big part of what we both extol in a lifestyle is the cleanliness of your food. Um, can you just talk a little bit about their protein and their products yeah, yeah. in general? I'm actually and why? our flagship product, which is Zeal. And it's a, um, I used to drink a lot of coffee. And now for the last 10 years, literally, I, I drink hardly any coffee. And what the zeal is, is just, um, it's an all-in-one drink. It comes in powder form. You put water or whatever you like in it, different flavors. It's got antioxidants, phytochemicals, a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. And then it's got something which is a distant cousin because it's in a water, it's in an oil base of caffeine. It's called guarana. So it's just a very uh, nice, gradual takeoff in a gradual landing. So that is one of the things that is wonderful that's really got us on the map. Our protein is super clean. I just helped formulate our new version, which we put digestive enzymes, probiotics, prebiotics in it. You know, think about it. Protein. I actually put the protein on my oatmeal this morning. I do proats a lot of the time in the morning um, because I love the warmth of oatmeal, but I need more protein in it. And I put a scoop of the vanilla protein. And and I'm a chocoholic, so I take the oatmeal, I put the chocolate. But the beautiful thing is, is knowledge is power. So protein is the building block to muscle. Every cell in your body is protein, nitrogen, and then some. So if you don't get an adequate amount of protein, you start working out, you're going to go into a catabolic standpoint, you're going to atrophy. But the beautiful thing that I realized in my journey in nutrition is that digestive enzymes, we produce less bile, pepsin, and enzymes as we age. Mm-hmm. And we need digestive enzymes to break down, guess what? Protein, carbohydrates, essential fatty acids. So it's beautiful to have something that is so clean, but yet has ingredients, enzymes that are going to help break down that protein. And then we have probiotics, which are the good guys fighting the bad guys, because most diseases, carcinogens, uh, inflammation, starting your gut. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really happy with our with our new um, protein. And then we have that Zandora that you tried as well, which is our collagen. collagen. Yeah, You know, our largest organ is our skin. So we're getting such great testimonies. It's got collagen and it's got antioxidants. It comes in a just a, a tear, a tear gel tastes like blueberry, blackberry. I love it. That's one of my favorite new products, honestly. Oh, it's amazing. And just say that without, I'm not an endorsed uh, spokesperson, right. but I really, um, I like the flavor of it. And I took it consecutively for a week and I really saw a difference in my skin. I'm a huge fan of collagen. I've been using it for many, many years. And I always tell the ladies you need it not just for beautiful skin and nails, but it's very important for your connective tissue. Because as we get older too, and our connective tissue gets dry and a little less elastic, um, that can lead to injuries. I consequently tore my ACL and my meniscus a few years ago. And um, I opted out of the surgery. And Peter, I have been training and did my first bodybuilding competition myself with a torn ACL and meniscus. So, um, and I credit that to protein and, and eating, you know, taking collagen and just eating clean, but 
How, how do you stay motivated to just stay on the clean eating path? I mean, is it the Crohn's because Crohn's is not something that you ever really like cure. It's something that you live with and you manage, right? right? So how do you stay motivated and how do you avoid relapsing? Um, Because I mean, if you go out to eat, you, you probably can't eat garlic and onions, right? Um, Garlic. I actually love garlic is okay. Okay. I could have your, you know, your red, your red onions. I could. Um, it's fried foods that will irritate me. I haven't had red meat, so to speak, for 30 years. Uh, I'll have a piece of grass fed maybe once or twice a year now for the last two years. I haven't had dairy products for over 42 hmm. years. Dairy is the big trigger. Because people don't realize it. And again, I'm not you know throwing any industry under the bus this is medical science this isn't peter's principles (laughs) but uh, dairy is is an inflammatory it's an irritant Mm -hmm. so it's like you know salmon is anti-inflammatory it brings inflammation down beef it brings inflammation up it's an irritant so milk butter irritants you know i mean i could go avocado I mean, is it anti-inflammatory property? So it's it's beautiful. I do live on an anti-inflammatory uh, eating regimen. And um, it's just being smart. You don't need a master's in nutrition. You, you don't need to be a doctor or a scholar. You need to just be present on what you're putting in your damn body. Well, and I do, I do think it's really different for people because like, you know, um, I know being Middle Eastern, there is something in your genetic makeup too, where you just are predisposed to certain things. Like I can't eat a lot of heavy dairy, but I do really enjoy yogurt. Yogurt is fermented. It's rich in probiotics. So for that, I'm able to metabolize it. I can have goat cheese. I can have sheep's milk cheese. But like, if I eat too much, like, you know, cow's milk dairy, right. that is it's inflammatory to me. Right. And I think it's important that we listen to our bodies. You know, we listen and we keep a food log and actually document as we're eating things and what our triggers are so that we can kind of move on from the things that bother us, so to speak, so that we can be more productive. What would you tell somebody who maybe? it looks at you and says, you know, I want to go down that, that path of bodybuilding. What would be maybe one of the most important things or suggestions you could give that person on how to get started and to do it well? Yeah. I would say a lot of times our, our mind is doing a thousand and our body is doing 20 (laughs) and we need to be realistic. We need to have a good balance Um, there's beginning programs for a reason because your body can only take a certain amount of workload. It needs a certain amount of rest. The only time that you are recovering on a cellular level, whether it's for an injury or for a workout is when you sleep, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and we need seven, eight hours sleep or that, that workout literally is going to go down the toilet because we won't be able to then rebuild what we've torn down. If we're not having enough protein, we're going to go into that catabolic. So I would say that, you know, do your homework, maybe get yourself an exercise physiologist, get yourself um, electrical bioimpedance test, uh, a body fat test, and start at ground zero and be realistic. Um, You know, here we are, you know, going into the second month of 2023, and most people are already falling off of the bandwagon because, you know, 90%, 90% of people will fail the first 90 days of their New Year's resolution. So what I would just say is, is you know, work out anaerobically with weights, isometric movements, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, workouts shouldn't take two hours. I mean, I have guys that brag and say, yeah, I was in the gym for two and a half hours. I was like, what were you doing? Were you like watching like 
soap operas or something. Yeah. If yeah. I'm in the gym for more than 55 minutes, man, doing just weights, um, so I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, so because I you're not like pushing, to, you're not pushing your max, right? Right. So yeah. I, I like to superset. I, I'm not looking to get bigger. I like to combine two exercises back to back, pre-exhaust the muscle. So I would say do a full body workout, do say two exercises um, per body part to start, three sets, 10 repetitions. And then most importantly, if you're looking to facilitate lose excess body fat, you need to make sure that you're eating less and exercising more uh, because it's it's not rocket science. It takes 3,500 calories to lose or gain one fat pound. So my recommendations for two reasons, cardiovascular, taking care of the most important muscle, your heart, increasing your VO2 max, and burning excess body fat, you should be doing cardio, say a walking program, five out of seven consecutive days, 45 to 60 minutes, yeah. and at least 70 to 75% of your maximum heart rate. I know that's a whole lot. <laughs> of information and if anybody wants to even ask me a question they could go to peternielsen.com or find me on any social media at peter n nielsen and i'll be happy to help you i mean this is all i do but you really want to put together a sound program and then you want to change that workout like say every eight to ten weeks because your body builds immunity to it the last Three repetitions should be somewhat difficult, never sacrificing style for the amount of weight. So if the magic number is 10 repetitions, then that eighth, ninth, and tenth should be challenging. If you could do 15 and you're bragging, oh, I could do this. I haven't gotten new dumbbells for 14 years. Then you're doing a little of nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so How about really picking a show? Like if somebody, if somebody wants to actually get into bodybuilding, like they're they're you know, seeing results, they're, they're building some mass in the gym and they're starting to feel like, okay, I want to do a show. How do you pick the right first show? Great, great question. Start out with a novice show. Start out with a novice show where everybody is in the same category as you in the sense of experience. Yeah. Um, and that would be, and then, and then also Old-fashioned old bodybuilding, I'm going to bulk up and I'm going to just and tear down and get ripped. It doesn't work that way. I, You know, like I said, I haven't fluctuated in weight in probably, probably 30 years. And my weight stays at around 195, 193. And my point is, is that I've gone up as much as 225 by just trying to bulk up. And then when I tear down... For the contest, I'm 193 and a quarter every time. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, if you're doing this clean, and when I say clean, no steroids, and you're really, really eating good, and you want to just, just take the body, the one model year that God has given you, and maximize that, it's so doable. But muscles take months and years to mature. Yeah. At 60 years old, my body is in better shape than it was at 40. Because, because it, it builds, right? I mean, you're, it, you're it, able it, to it, build. It, and I think, you know, for a lot of the people. The maturity like, of the muscle. Yeah, the maturity, the maturity of, of the muscle. muscle. Fibers. Yeah. Doing the same thing and hitting it and, and isolating that muscle. It's just, it's beautiful. It's like, it's like a fine bottle of wine. It gets better with with years if it's in the right environment if you're standing on clean soil if you clean yeah. your house and your refrigerator and you're eating good if you're going up and down and you're doing it helter skelter and you're doing it before you go on a cruise or you want to look good in a dress before the wedding and then you put on your 40 pounds you're going to go nowhere quick yeah, I think, um, you know, I see people in, quote, the off season, and uh, I'm always kind of amazed, like people will really eat a lot of stuff. And I think, you know, trying consistency is everything, right? I mean, you can have your, 
your refeeds or your cheat you days, whatever you, you want to call them, cheat meals, me. but you'll never not to go me. off the wagon. <laughs> yeah, there is no off season. And I say that again with humility. I eat the same way all year round. When people have a turkey dinner or turkey in there, I have turkey every week. <laughs> I yeah. have vegetables every day. Mm -hmm. You know, and what you just said, uh, I'll leave with this. If you want something so bad that you can taste it, then you need to be, you need to truly be consistent. If you want to keep what you work so hard to get, you need to be persistent. Mm. And it's one thing to get something. It's another thing to maintain it. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be able to save up money to buy a house. It's another thing to be able to maintain that house for years. Mm. And it's the same thing in a marriage or a relationship. It's one thing to just, you know, romance somebody, buy stuff, you know, entertain them, date them. And then all of a sudden you get married. That's when it just starts. Yeah, that's that's the beginning of it. So true. <laughs> Peter, I could sit here and talk to you all day, but we're running out of time. I think people have gotten so much from this and we'll include the links to where people can find you in the show notes. I always ask the same question to people at the end of our interview. If you could have one meal created by anyone, what would that meal be? Your favorite wow. meal and who would wow. make it for you? Well, my, my grandmother used to, she came from Naples, Italy. She had rheumatoid arthritis and she would make homemade gavadelis on a literally a long thin piece of metal and she'd dry them out on her bed on a sheet and then she'd make Italian gravy from scratch. She'd take garlic bread, homemade um, Napolitan bread and she'd put her gravy on there and bless her heart um, having say a nice dish of linguine and, and close to uh, second would be a sushi. I just love sushimi and any kind of sushi. So, you know, the Italian and the fish all day long. <laughs> well, the fish, there is, the, I see the resemblance there. I see the connection <laughs> with the foods. And anything that grandma makes oh is going to be good. Yeah, yeah mama. Peter, thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your heart and your story and your wisdom. I think that everybody can, you know, whether you're male or female can take something away from this. Um, just thinking about our own lives and how we can show up in the best possible way, even when circumstances dictate that things should be difficult or challenging or sometimes even hopeless that we can overcome. So thanks for being a beacon of oh, light for people. My pleasure and may God continue to use you in a mighty way. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Peter. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.